following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everybody. Wow. Y'all, the only session I get to say afternoon to. What a joy. Hey, thanks for getting up this morning or this afternoon, whenever you got up. And uh, some of you, I, don't, I think some of you could have got up at 5 till 12 and got here. You really could have. Because uh, I can get dressed that fast. I really can. My wife, see, there's nothing to comb here. There's nothing to comb. And a lot of people spend a lot of this here. And I get my clothes on. I just kind of do this and do this and hit it with a little hairspray. And I'm done. I'm done. In fact, I put combs out of business. I put brushes out of business. If, if, I, if everybody sold brushes for my hair, there wouldn't be no brushes to be sold. But what a joy to see you today, and we're going to have a great, great time. If you're a first-time guest, I am Senior Pastor Rex Johnson. We're delighted to have you. It's an honor to have you today. It really, really is. And I believe that when you walk out of here today, you're going to walk out feeling better about yourself, about your relationship, and about your God than you've ever felt in your life. I really believe this. I say it many times. When you leave church, you ought to be able to, if you, if you met a bear, whip him with a switch. Just whip him with a switch. Don't do anything bigger because the presence of God goes with us. There's favor in this house. And when you walk out, you're going to walk out in the favor of God. Are you glad you're in the house today? Isn't it awesome? Would you stand? You're incredible people. I love you very much. Now, Wednesday night, we're doing an America service because Wednesday is the third and we don't believe in canceling church because it's, we don't want to cancel something that, that does good. We have great Wednesday nights here. We'll have 1,000, 1,200 people many times on the campus here, here and next door. And so we're excited about Wednesday night. We're going, to have, we're going to have Spanky and our gang back with us on Wednesday night. That's the trumpet player and the trombone player and the saxophone player that adds such beautiful brass. And we're going to do some, some things about America here on Wednesday night. And then I'm going to be speaking on America. I love America Wednesday night. I love America. I love America. And uh, I'm kind of like Merle Haggard. If you don't love it, leave it. But I love America. We have freedoms here. I'm, I'm being able to express a freedom here today to preach the gospel, minister the gospel to you. And I love that freedom. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor today. We're in a series called Summertime 2. And I'm going to take off with it right now. God bless. You may be seated. See, this series, folks, is designed to keep us moving. There's many of us that know what we probably should be doing. We thought about doing some things, even prepared to do them. We just need to get moving. There's an old saying that says bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. And bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. My preaching today is to put you on a pathway to your best summer ever this year, 2019. And those that joined us by way of internet on the second service, we thank you for that and may the blessing of God be upon you that heard the word in second church. Henry Ford said, if, you've all, if you always do what you've always done, you're gonna always get what you've always gotten. So some things have got to change. Brad, executive pastor Brad Wilkinson talked last week about Somebody at a red light and the light turns green, but they're on their phone and they don't realize the light's turning green. So somebody beeps behind them saying, let's go, the light's green. So I'm gonna give you a couple of beeps today in this message. Every week we want to encourage you to do something to move, to move forward. 
And one of the theme verses for this series, many see as a negative word, is just a word called repent. Jesus came out of the wilderness saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said, repent. Repent doesn't mean you're a filthy sinner. It doesn't mean you're dirty or rotten. It doesn't mean all of that. You've got to get rid of that mindset. Repent is a positive word. It means to change your mind. It means to change your direction, to turn around, to get some better thinking, to start thinking towards a different kingdom. In fact, Jesus would say this, and I'm going to concur with you. You've been king of your own life for too long. You need to fire yourself as being king of your life. Take off the crown and put it on somebody that can be a great king. Because you're a terrible king in your kingdom. You really are. You're terrible. I'm a terrible one in my kingdom. But when you get in God's kingdom, God's kingdom will take you places that you never dreamed you could go. That kingdom is at hand. It's close and it's near. The Bible said his yoke is easy. His burden is light. But too many say I'm stuck and God seems so far away. But here's the key. God only seems like he's far away. He's really not. He's close. He's not far from any of us. The Bible said we should happily feel after him for he's not far from any of us. You have to move though. I want you to know there's an opportunity here now this summer at Christian Life Church and I prayed hard about the things that I really believe God desires. And this year I settled in my spirit that I'm going to bring more messages about attitude and temperament and those kind of things because I have discovered so many people are in depression so many people do not have happiness and joy in their life. And some are living miserable lives, a life with depression, anxiety, fear, and worry is not what God promised. But God has promised you joy. Everybody say joy. In fact, over 750 times in the word of God, the word joy or joyful or joyous or joyously is used in the word of God. Folks, the Lord has got it in there for a reason. And there's no reason to be living without joy. Oh, Brother Rex, Pastor, you don't know my situation. If I had five minutes to drop on you all that my life has been, you'd realize why I'm so sad. I probably would say, you know what, you're right. It's a lot worse than I thought. But let me ask you a question. But has being sad helped you in all in that situation? Has being sad, has being forlorn helped you at all? Chances are it hasn't. Yet even in the middle of our worst situation, you still can have the joy of the Lord in your life. You still can. Here's a prophetic verse. It's a now word, a rhema for the church today. It's found in Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. Do not grieve, Nehemiah said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Everybody say, not my joy, but his joy. And on your worst day, you hear me, on your worst day, there's a godly joy that can possess you. Now we all live in situations where it doesn't take much to pull us down. We can be joyful and we get pulled right out of it like Wednesday. This past Wednesday, I had my joy stolen from me for a little while. I went to the dentist. I don't know if that steals your joy. It does mine every time. It also elevates my blood pressure. Come on, somebody. I was in my six-month teeth cleaning appointment. I like six months better than four. I don't have to go for two more months. Note here, I love all the people at that dentist office. I love the, 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 the doctor. I love, I love her spirit. I love the way she takes care of us. But when you walk in, there's a smell about a dentist office. And then you hear this, somebody is getting drilled in their teeth, down in that canal, down into the root, trying to jerk something out of there 
trying to go, and sometimes I think the needle goes all the way through under your chin. Just, and I, I, I'm ready to climb walls when I get in a place like that. I'm ready to climb walls. I'm very serious. Y'all think I'm tough, but I'm a big old sucky baby. I really am. I really am. It's hard to handle it. I'm like a little kid when I get in there and they lay you back. I'm there to get my teeth clean. And I, and I love Deborah. She's a great lady. She's a great lady. I'm, it's nothing against her. I just don't like what she has in her hand. She gets this metal object. It's got a hook on it. And she goes into my mouth and every tooth is scraped. It's just... scraped. And I'm thinking, if she gets on one of those calcium little deposits there and she pulls too hard, she's going to hook my jaw and she's going to catch a big old bluebell whale is what she's going to catch. catch. And I just can't imagine the thought of having that. And then, you know, when she's through, she, she oils, I mean, she, she, she puts polishes on it. And I like that part because it tastes better. But then, then I'm so happy when she straightens me up and I can get out of there. Because, folks, when that, when that hook is in my mouth, it's like somebody with their fingernails against a chalkboard. You know what I'm saying? And I can't take it. I think I had a bad experience back in 1983 in a dental office. I passed out. I thought I was going to die, and I think it's still suffering on me. But when I walked out of the dental office again last Wednesday, I said, I got joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is back in my heart. So on this, on this Sunday morning, I want to declare something to everybody here. I want to preach to you on a subject today that I'm very much in love with. And I want, I, want, I want to tell you I'm desperate about getting your life into shape. I want to give you three truths that you need to know about joy. Everybody say three, three. On, joy. on joy. Number one, joy comes knowing that God has a plan for my life. Everybody say he's got a plan. He's got a plan, meaning that real joy can happen on a bad day. Because God's got a plan. This is simple and difficult at the same time. If you don't know how God made you and why God made you and what he has for you to do, everything else in your life will define you. Everything. And everything else in life is not always good. But in fact, it's mostly bad. But if you know the plan, then what does it matter what happens if you know the plan? For many of you, your events, your circumstance, your pain, and your problems are defining you. Now, I have those also. I really do. Maybe not to the degree that you have them, but I have them. I have those things. However, it's my purpose, folks, that always prevails in the middle of the pain. It's my purpose. It was said of Jesus while living his worst day, Hebrews. It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. Did you hear that? He saw the cross and it was joy that was set before him that caused him to endure it. He knew there was a plan in it all. So I can take it now, he said, and I can even take it with joy. In fact, in Matthew chapter 26, when the Roman soldiers came to arrest him, he made this statement. He said, I could even now pray to my father and he would presently send me 12 legion of angels. But how would this scripture be fulfilled? And then he said four words, so it must be. So he understood the plan. He understood he had a purpose in life. And that's what I want for you. You must have that kind of confidence and assurance of who you are and how God made you and what he has for you. Knowing a God like this is paramount in your life. I've got a chapter I'll kind of want to deal with just real quickly here today. And I want you to go home if you would and promise you'll read the whole chapter today. It's just 11 verses. And, 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 and even a slow reader can read that in a little while. But I want you to go home. David said in Psalm 16 and 5, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Then verse 6, he said, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. 
My boundary lines, folks, are Texas. My boundary lines are really Austin, Texas. That's where God decided before time to put Rex Johnson because I'm here on purpose and not by accident. Can you say amen to that? I was never destined for any other generation. These are now my pleasant places. That's how well I know it. You have joy whenever you know that you're here on purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm here on purpose today. Come on, say it, I'm here on purpose. Say it, I'm here on purpose. And then David goes on to say, he said, surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. Why? Because David knew his boundary lines. He knew the mercies of God fell to him in pleasant places. God's with me. I understand the process and I understand the purpose of life. So when I have a bad day, I say simply, okay, that's bad, but God still has a plan for my life. And David said, my tongue rejoices and my body even rests secure because even in a bad day, I can sleep at night because I know God has got a plan for my life. Amen. So in verse 10, I love this. He said, David just bragging on the Lord. He said, you'll not abandon me to a dead end kind of life. You're not going to abandon me nor will you let your faithful one see decay. No, you've made known to me a path. <laughs> and I love the last verse. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Everybody say the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, for those of you who don't know your path, I'm here to help you understand how you're designed. Everybody say, I am Unique. There's nobody like me. You don't believe that, do you? You think you're like everybody else. No, there's nobody like you. You're, you're your own person. There's nobody in this room like you. Say, I'm unique. I stand alone. There's no one, anyone else in this room besides me that's like me. And knowing that, you still have joy even on your worst day. I love, I love this old preacher was preaching down in East Texas and he had a little old man one day in the back of the church. He was preaching on perfection. He said, how many people in this room would stand that know you're perfect? Little old man stood up back there and he thought, well, he's hard here. He's about 80 years old. He's hard here and he didn't hear me. So he said, hey, sir, do you know why you're standing? He said, I said, if you're perfect, I want you to stand. He said, yeah, I heard you. And he said, so you're standing? He said, yes, I'm standing. He said, well, you want to tell us why? He said, well, he said, I'm not standing for myself. I'm standing for my wife's first husband that's deceased. He was perfect and I'm trying to live up to it. <laughs> Everybody say, there's nobody perfect. Kay Warren, Pastor Rick, Rick Warren's wife out at Saddleback wrote a book called Choose Joy. She stated, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. I like that. You know that, you just know that. You just know that you know that you know that, that hurt, I didn't enjoy that, but God has got a plan for my life. Say it with me. God has a plan for my life. Amen. That's the first point. He's got a plan. You need to write that down. Put it on your refrigerator. Second point. Joy comes when you're certain that God's going to work it out. That's when joy comes. First, he has a plan. Second, when it looks like it's not working out, God is still at work. 
See, his way is always best for you, not your ways. Life always looks different on the other side of God's work. If you talk to anyone who's ever gone through a situation or something in their life and saw God at work, they're always, what's this now, happy people. They're always happy people. Because they saw God's plan just worked. And it's much better than our plan. See, our plan doesn't work, but God's plan always does work. Let me give you a little statement. God is never late. But sometimes he is a little early. You know how I know that? Psalms 30 and 5. Weeping may endure. It doesn't say it always endures for a night. It may endure. But we know one thing, that joy is coming in the morning. Say, God is always on time. He's never late, but he can come a little early every now and then. And I feel an early God showing up here today. Peter said, though you have not seen him, you still love him, even though you don't see him now. I've never seen the Lord, folks. I, I, I'm not, I don't know if it's because I'm not spiritual. I don't know, but I've never seen the Lord. I'm sure there's been angels that have ministered to me that I didn't know there's angels because I was afraid to ask them, where were you born? I don't know. But I just know that God has taken care of me in my life. But I, I, I want to I, I I say something to this congregation right now. I want to say something to you. When Thomas touched the Lord's side and touched his hands, he said, Thomas, blessed are you because you have seen me and you believe. But blessed is the person that has never seen me and yet has believed. And if you've never seen the Lord in your life, if you've never seen him in the flesh, you understand that God is working in your life. And you clap your hands and rejoice in that because God not only has a plan for your life, but he's a God that can work your plan, his plan out in your life. I believe that with all my heart. That fills you with inexpressible and glorious joy. I, I, I read about an African king who had a friend and they hunted together and this friend was always very positive. He would always say stuff like, this is good to anything. His words were, this is good. And one day they were hunting together and the friend had loaded the king's gun and he loaded it incorrectly so that when the king fired his gun, it misfired and blew the king's thumb off. Just blew it off. So the king was angry and the friend turned and said, this is good. And the king said, no, this is bad. And he had his friend locked up in prison. A year later, the king was hunting again, and he wandered in a dangerous area where there were cannibals. And they captured him, tied him to a pole, getting ready to cook him. And they noticed that he didn't have a thumb. His thumb had been blown off. And cannibals are superstitious because they don't eat anything that's not completely whole. So they let the king go. When the king got let go because of his thumb, he felt remorse for locking his friend up in prison. So he went and bailed him out. And he said, man, I'm so sorry I put you in prison this whole year. And the friend said, this is good. King said, how can you say that? You've been locked up for a year. And the friend said, because if you had not locked me up, I would have been with you and I have my thumb. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> Sometimes when you think you're missing out, you're not missing out. All right. All right. Positive people, people of joy, know that even the worst kind of a situation, God has got it all worked out. See, joy is the quiet confidence that ultimately Everything is going to be all right. You know, you know. I feel I felt it in first. I I feel like we need to be a little solely here today. You know what? You know what that means? That means just get this little soul in us. We almost got there in our praise and worship. By the way, the music was phenomenal today. It was awesome today, and it led you. But I think we need to have a little bounce in our spirit today. You know, a little solely. You know, come on. You need a little joy today. Some of you saying, Pastor, I'm getting a little nervous about you. But I'm on this kick. 
if you can't smile in church, you're not going to be able to smile out there. If you got a mad attitude right now, you're going to get madder out in this world because the world is a mad place. Somebody say smile. smile. Notify your face you got a little joy in you. There must be more laughter. I, I've always believed that church ought to be a happy place and a joyous place. And I think we ought to be able to laugh in church and we ought to have fun in the house of God. Anybody believe that with me? Come on. We used to sing this song when I was a young pastor up in Dallas. We used to sing this song. It went something like this. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Ha ha. That's what you got to do. Some, somebody just said, Lord, I got to find another church. No, you need to go find some joy. You need to fall in love with the joy of the Lord in your life. Hey, it's the last Sunday of June. I got my first announcement that Christmas was coming. We're going to be on it before you know it. I hope you've got last year's Christmas gifts already paid for. Because the hardest thing to do is make 10 easy payments when you put it on a credit card. That's the hardest thing to do. But Christmas is right around the corner on us, folks. But why don't we just end this Sunday in June saying, I'm going to walk out here with the joy of the Lord in my heart. Come on. I'm going to do it. Don't waller around in your problems. No, we're going to talk. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I know my God is at work and he's going to do it. You need to do that to yourself and to your family and say, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know God is going to take care of our situation because he's got a plan in our life and he's going to work that plan out. Clap your hands real big. This last one, this last one is really deep. Simply joy comes when you choose it. Now, some of us think that joy ought to find us. No, you got to find it. You think it's got to come to you. No, joy is not going to jump on you. You got to go jump and get a hold of joy. You got to choose it. You got to go after it. Throughout the Bible, folks, in those 750 places, it doesn't say it's a matter of fact. The joy is a matter of fact. It's a matter of choice. Say a matter of choice. So wake up and say, I know it's raining but I'm going to enjoy the rain today. And I know it's bad, but I'm going to find the good things in this situation because I'm going to choose the good things in this situation. There's a, what the Bible says in Philippians, I love it. He said, Paul said, you just don't have joy. You have to rejoice. Or as I, as I broke it down in my own world, and I got tickled at myself the other day studying this, you know, rejoy is in there. J-O-I is the same as J-O-Y. Rejoice. You got to rejoice. In other words, you have to re-up your joy. You have to go up on your joy. You got to have rejoice. And you got to re-it. You got to re-up on joy. You got to re-up it. The church was wow today, pastor. I feel so much better than I did when I came in. But you won't be in that parking lot five minutes. And you're going to need to rejoice. <laughs> Re-up on your joy. And when you get on the road and somebody cuts you off, rejoice. 
Rejoice. Come on, help me. Rejoice. Beep, beep. The light's green. Let's go. Paul said, I want you to rejoice in the Lord always. Everybody say rejoice in the Lord always. Then he says, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, why did he have to say it again? Because in those five words, you're going to forget it already. And you've got to choose to rejoice there. It's a choice. I have to make it. I'm going to rejoice. So when I leave here today, I'm going to rejoice in the fact that I got to preach to some of the greatest people in all of Austin, Texas. And I'm just going to be happy. <laughs> Folks, when you're bald-headed and you're kind of chubby because you've eaten too much bluebell, something's got to make you happy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength here today. Amen. It's my strength here today. Come on, clap your hands. Now, I don't know, I don't know if this surprises you or not. I don't know if it does. But I'm kind of a detail-oriented person. Now, and I'm, and I'm very task-oriented. When I get home today, I'll take about three hours off. The kids will come over. Then they'll go home. And I'll get on the computer working on Wednesday tonight. Because I'm task-driven. I'm task-driven. I don't, I don't want to just get up here and say, well, I found a Bible today. Folks, I'm going to preach something. If it's not in this Bible, it's in my heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, I, I, I like things right. My wife is more than that than I am. She's, only she's a different kind of detail-oriented. She'll come and say, that light's out, that light's out, that wall needs painting, and that floor out there is dirty. It needs to be mopped. And the, and the Porsche didn't look real good today, honey. That kind of detail orientation drives me nuts. <laughs> but I live with a wonderful woman, and I love her very, very much. And she chose me, and she said yes to me, and so I am so happy. But I am also task-driven. I, 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 I like things right. I, I enjoy things, and I don't, I don't want to embarrass you by saying this, but I, I'm a little musical. I, I'm not musical like... These, these kids up here, but I'm a little musical. And, and I can hear a flat note. And, it's, and when I hear somebody's on the bottom side of the note and I'm saying, mm, get up. It's almost like going to the dentist again. You know what I mean? Get up. Get on top of that note. And so we was watching American Idol not long ago. And I, I watched that with my wife. I enjoy Simon Cowell and I love Randy Jackson. I like those guys when they was on it. And that's how, that's how long ago I watched it. And <laughs> And we was watching it, and, and I said, Patty, 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 that girl's not on top of that note, or that guy. I don't know who it was. It was somebody. They was on the bottom side of it. And I said, they, got it. they need to get up there. And Patty said, baby, let them sing. And I said, mm. I just, it just, it's bothered me. And as soon as he got through singing, or she got through, Simon said, you never got on top of that note. I said, yeah, there we go. That's it. That's it. But you know, you know I'm, I'm more tough on myself than I am on others. I really am. I'm tough on myself. I'm self-depreciating. I'm, I inflict pain on me because I, 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 I just, I'm just so happy that God chose a kid from West Texas that didn't have a preaching background. He just chose me and said, you're going to preach the gospel. And so I went into this thing and I used, to, I used to grade my sermons. I don't want to cry. I used to grade my sermons on a scale of one to five and one being the worst and five being the best. And I had a lot of zeros because I didn't feel like I did well. Had a lot of zeros. And, and, and then I started getting one and one and a half and stuff like that. And some of them I'd say need work and some of them say never preach this again. I'd write on the back of my notes. And I threw a lot of stuff away that I wish I had back because, you know, it was a thought from God. And even though I didn't deliver it good, it was a thought from God. 
And I, I, I stand here today, I stand here today telling you I have never had a five-star sermon. Never, never had a five-star sermon. The highest I ever got was three and a half. I preached at a camp and I, got a, I gave myself a three and a half and then I felt bad about it and I marked it down to a three. Because I, I understand, I understand that this is God's business. It's not my business. But I will tell you this, I've had five-star text. And I've got a five-star text today. I may preach it as a two-star, but I got a five-star text. The joy of the Lord is your strength today. Come on, help me preach right now. I said the joy of the Lord is your strength today. It's your strength. Anybody ever studied Winnie the Pooh, Winnie? My wife did some pooisms last year. She did so wonderful on Mother's Day last year. She did some pooisms and she did them so well. But you know, Wendy the Pooh is a study in the, of human emotion and the emotions that humans feel because you have this neurotic little depressed piglet. There he is. And then you have this know-it-all owl that nobody wants to be around. Then you have this smart aleck, tell everybody what to do kangaroo. Just look them up. Then you have this dense donkey that views life so differently, and I love his name, Eeyore, I love that name. Then you have this naive, doesn't care what's happening in life, Winnie the Pooh. All he wants is honey out of a honey jar, that's what he wants. And then there's a character that changes the whole scene when they enter. You know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about Tigger Baby. There he is right there. He changes the whole tune of everybody. And Tigger comes in bouncing and starts singing a song that he wrote about himself. The wonderful thing about Tiggers, Tiggers is a wonderful thing. Tops are made out of rubber and bottoms are made out of spring. Bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is that I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Can you see the way I am? Hey, I'll be here all day. Thank you very much. I wish that I could take away your doubt and your fear and your depression today. And I wish I could get you to bouncy, pouncy, flouncy, touncy around here today and get you to singing. We need some Tigger spirits in this house. We need some people that can smile and say, you know what, I'm the only one like me and I'm gonna represent Jesus Christ with the joy in my life, all the days of my life. I'm gonna make it happen. I heard about a man that went to a restaurant, went to a restaurant not long ago and Waitress brought out a steak and it was too rare. In fact, it was still bleeding. He said, take that back. He was mad. He said, tell them to cook it. And they cooked it and it was burnt. <laughs> she brought it back and he said, I don't want this neither. She said, go, go make me another one. She went and made another one. It was just perfect. So then he cut into his potato and it had one of them little black rotten places in there, you know. You just scoop them out. They ain't gonna hurt the potato. He said, this potato is bad. Take it back, give me another one. That little waitress had about all she could take. She took that potato in her hand. She said, bad potato, bad potato. Bad, 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 bad potato. Bad, bad, bad. Don't you be bad. Put it back down in his place. Said, if that potato gives you any more problem, just call me and I'll take care of it. I think when we walk out of here today, the joy of the Lord ought to emanate out of us. Come on, we need some tigger spirits in the house. We don't need to be down, depressed, tormented, mad about anything. We have the joy of the Lord in our life. Come on, and it is our strength. It is our strength. So they asked Tigger, say, Tigger, you want to go pick some apples? Same response, sure. That's what Tiggers do best. You want to go ice skating? Sure. That just happens to be what Tiggers do best. 
Sure, today. Do you want to do today, Tigger? Sure. This day, it just happens to be what I do best this day. I need some Tigger choices in the house. And whatever happens, because if I choose the other, it doesn't make life any better. Bad things are going to come either way. Can I get an amen right there? But joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. I got to get moving. Beep, beep. I'm honking my horn. It's time. The last turn's changing. Young person, we got to look through the lens of godly joy, not our joy. I'm almost done here today. I'm almost done. There's a command that I'm drawing to you today, and I'm serious for this. No, it's not out of your reach. It's not on some high mountain. It's not over there across the ocean. It's not through a deep, dark valley. No, over in the Himalayas with some guru. No, it's not even in a dark tunnel. The word of the Lord for you today, let your tongue speak it. Are you ready? I want you to speak this. Say, I, I am, am going, going there. there. Say, it's time. It's time. it's time for me to go there. And as it near, it's as near as the heart is in your chest. Nike didn't create this, but I'm going to tell you, you just got to do it. Just do it. You just got to do it. You got to make a choice. Moses said this, and here it comes. I have placed in front of you a choice, life or death Blessing or cursing. And then he said, choose life so that you and your family and your children may live. Everybody say, Pastor, I choose life. Come on, I choose life. Say it loud and proud. I choose life. Say it loud and proud. I choose life. I choose life. Hallelujah. There are, there's something about stating that in your mind. I will live. I will not die. I will abide with him. He will abide with me. Oh, I wish I could preach right now. I wish I had time to just say some things I want to say. But it's time to get up from your wallowing. It's time to get up from your ruminating and all the bad stuff in your life and say, I'm headed for something great in my life. It's going to be the best summer I've ever experienced in my whole life because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. There's three little things I want to leave you with. It'll take me about three minutes. There's a book in the Bible called the Philippians. Paul writes this in prison waiting for his head to be cut off. He went to preach a crusade and got arrested. While he's in prison, he receives letters from the outside of people that gossiping about other ministries. You know, this ministry sprung up and this one sprung up and they're running this and they're saying you're teaching this wrong and they're teaching that wrong and they're trying to pollute Paul while he's in prison. Paul said, no, you're not going to pollute me. I'm a person of joy. Randy, if you'll help me. So he chooses three things. Here's the first one. He chose to look beyond what happened. Everybody say, look beyond. What happened? Many of us wallow in and we ruminate in what happens and you can't think about bad days and succeed. I have them too. It brings ulcers. It brings stress. It brings sickness. You need to look beyond what happened. You know why? Because what happened, happened. It's done. You can't go back and fix it, Marty McFly. You can't go back and fix it. It's over. It's done. I'm not saying what happened wasn't important. I'm not saying what happened didn't hurt. But the more you meditate on it and wallow, the more downhill you run. Paul said, hey, I got locked up for preaching the gospel. I was supposed to preach, but what happened is I got locked up, but God is at work on the plan of my life. He's working it out. 
I got some writing done. <laughs> I started writing. I wrote Ephesians, Colossians, and Thessalonians, and I'm writing you folks. And he wrote a beautiful book to the Philippians, and he mentioned 16 times about the mind and how the mind and the thought process of our life because he wanted you to know that no matter how life changes your concept of things, you still, you still understand that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory and I can do all things through him. The second thing he did, he chose to find new opportunities. I love this. He was saying simply stuff like, I'm getting close to winning some jailers. They're changing the guards on me every hour. These praetorian guards are the roughest in the world, but they're getting saved in here because they all know I'm a Christian and all these prisoners are drawing closer to Jesus. And what did Paul do when he was there? He chose to find new opportunities. He turned, he turned lemon into lemonade and chicken feathers to chicken salad. That's what he did. And God can do something in this. Then he says, I'm not listening to all your letters. By the way, by the way, some of you need to quit listening to Facebook and Instagram. You really should. This is the only, this is the only preaching that's going to be a little tough. It don't matter what so-and-so's opinion is. It don't matter. It's like a nose. Everybody's got one. Did you hear about this ministry? Did you hear about that person? Did you hear about sister so-and-so? There was a strange car parked in front of her house, and it wasn't her husband's. Oh, God. What are we going to do? And you worry about that, then you find out that sister so-and-so had a rental because her car was in repair. Uh-huh. And you worry about something that never amounted to anything. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. See, some folks just choose to live in drama. I don't. Newsflash, I don't, I don't like to live in drama. I love a church of peace because righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is what we need in this house. Come on, everybody say righteousness and peace and joy. People try to stir you up. I'm gonna tell you, give me 30 seconds and I'm closing. Some people are getting that bent out of shape over the silliest little things. It really doesn't matter as much as you think it matters. And what Paul did is he chose to focus on what really mattered. He said, I know there are people out there preaching with wrong motives and they're doing all the wrong things and saying the wrong things. Some preach for love and some for money. But he basically wrote back and said, stop thinking about those guys. Because he says this very last phrase, his third thing, what does it matter? What does it matter? My dad was a what does it matter kind of daddy. I got to close talking about dad. I broke my arm one day playing ball. I came home and mama said, oh God, we got to get you to the hospital. Gangrene's going to come in that arm. It's going to kill you. And I'm, 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 I'm bawling my eyes out. I said, oh my God, mama, gangrene. <laughs> and daddy comes in. He looks at my arm. He said, son, ha, that ain't even broke. Thank you, daddy. Start drying my tears. He said, in fact, I've had worse on my lip and never licked it. I've had worse on my eye and never batted. He said, we're going to go get that thing fixed, son. You're going to be fine. Daddy had, a, daddy had a way of making me feel good. Because daddy chose to see the big picture. And the big picture is God has a plan for my life. And God's working that plan out in my life. And so because I know I have a plan in my life and God's working it out, then I'm just going to choose joy. I'm just going to choose it because that's what I'm going to do. 
Because when all this stuff happens, you say, but what does it matter? Dad would always say, son, 10 years from now, it won't even matter that that arm was broke. It won't even matter. You'll get on with it and you're gonna be all right. And you'll, you'll quit thinking about it. And you know what, you will. But you have to understand that God's got something for you and he's working it out for you. And he's never late, but sometimes he's early. And you gotta choose joy. Everybody say, I choose joy. So on this 30th day of the month, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to give the Lord a good hand clap and say, Lord, thank you for the joy of the Lord. That is my strength. Come on, real big. I love you, third church. I love you, come on. Come on, thank you for the joy that is my strength. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that is my strength. Oh, I wish there was another service. I'd like to preach this again. Come on, clap your hands real big. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Is my strength. Is my strength. There used to be a woman on TV that was one of the first exercise gurus. And she, it's time to, it's time to quit. It's 107. It's exactly the time to quit. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to 108. She had this thing. She had this st statement that said, stop the insanity. Remember? Anybody remember that? God, y'all wasn't even born probably when she was on TV. Stop the insanity. And I just think sometimes you, you need to look at the world and what hell's trying to put on and say, stop. Just stop the insanity. I choose joy. God's got a plan. He's working it out. And we're going to get there. In the name of the Lord. Amen. So I love you. Everybody say, I choose joy. Hold your hands in the air and let me bless you. Dear Father, I love these people more than they'll ever know. One day on the other side of the rainbow, a place called heaven, we're going to discover, we're going to discover how much we truly loved each other. I know this church loves this church and I know this church loves you and I know they love this pastor and I'm not worried about that. But I just want them to know, Lord, that they don't have to go through life wallowing and ruminating about stuff that doesn't matter five years from now. doesn't matter 10 years from now. doesn't matter in eternity because everything here is temporal and everything you send is eternal. And we love that. We enjoy that. We're blessed by that. And I thank you for today and I thank you for the goodness of the Lord and the favor of God that's on this church. And we walk out of here today with a smile on our face saying, I choose joy. I choose joy today. Bring us back on Wednesday night for all the folks that are going to be with family and be out of town this week. Protect them, Lord. My family's out of town, part of my family. Another part of my family's leaving this week. Lord, protect them and watch over them. Bring us back Wednesday night, those that are in town, to let us have a great America night here at CLC. I love you, I honor you, and I bless your name. And God bless us all on the 4th of July. Let us honor America in the way we do best by honoring you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Everybody say next Sunday, 9 o'clock, 10.30, and high noon. You're loved. You're loved big time. God bless. Have a great, great, great day.